to another episode of Please Don't Make Me Watch. Uh, uh, not really ours, but we'll take it anyway. Can they copyright that? Probably. Sorry, Trixie and Katya. We love you. Um, anyway, welcome back. Uh, this week we have all sorts of things. Coming up this week we have horses and powder paint. Repetitive parties. Sewing disasters. And infertility. Uh, we might no. go from that. We might as well just end there. No. It's... I'd, I'd love it if that was all one show. <laughs> what a fun, great TV show. That would be... That, that Challenge would be to anyone listening, if there are any of you out there, we need a show with horses, powder paint, sewing, disasters, infertility and... Repetitive parties. Repetitive. I reckon that wouldn't be too hard. I might have a go at drafting up a little yeah. idea as we talk today and I'll pitch it to you at the end of the show. <laughs> okay, I look forward to it. Okay. It's going to be a hot mess. Uh, rude. Okay, moving on. Culture for this week. What have you been up to? Anything fun? Anything exciting? Anything saucy? Ooh, saucy. Um, what have I been doing this week? Not very much. Um, what I've done over... It was part-term recently. Rewatched some of The Office and like, fucking hell, that's American a funny Office. show. No, the UK. Oh, okay. As in, I actually have rewatched the US Office more recently than I've watched the UK. Okay. Because I watched the US Office first. Um, and there's more series of it. So I feel like I remember mm. how funny that is. And like a lot of YouTube clips come up of it. Whereas uh, the UK cool. office, I know it's like a classic and no one needs me to remind them that it's really good. Yeah. Um, but that was good. Oh my God, Mum. Have you watched Mum? I haven't watched Mum. Holy shit, that's going on the programme. Oh my God, it's like one of the best comedies. Is happened. it? I've heard really good things. Oh my fucking God. And season three just came out and I... Oh. Okay. Oh, I can't even explain how good it is. It's so good. There's like this hilarious really dumb character on it but she's like as my favorite word she's nuanced she's not just dumb but also in the she's third season she's pregnant but she like at one point she's like Kathy that's how she speaks it's like Kathy so I thought one I'm like pregnant because I have like loads of time I just thought I'd like maybe take up learning Chinese and I might also do like a university course and I thought that'd be really good like I have all this time and Kathy's like that sounds lovely, dear. And you're like, you're a moron. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like. I just, yeah. Um, that will be recommended to you. Ooh. We'll finish shortly. And I also went to a fun festival. Yay! What? Called Mighty Hoopla, which I'd highly recommend to anyone wanting to go something next year. It's a one-day festival in Brookwell Park. Last year was on the Sunday, which was really rogue, mm. and this year was on Saturday, which I think was a much better decision from them. And it is essentially for women and gay men, and Great. gay women. LGBTQ identifying people cool. and women and women I would go for um, in that it and it just feels like the atmosphere is like being in the girls bathrooms at a club all day so like you just go up to buy a drink at the bar and someone's like oh my god you look gorgeous where's your dress from and you're like ah. nice. um, everyone talks to you all the time but you don't have to talk to anyone obviously there are drag queens left right and center people go mental with the outfits would highly recommend looking them up okay there are lots of glitter they're trying to be really eco-friendly this year so it's like a lot of like biodegradable stuff there was like like lots of nice drinks there's like a special absolute thing ah. there's like um lots of rainbow flags everywhere okay. trinity from drag race oh, trinity there. There. when, when you say absolute i speaking of drag race the only thing i ever think about whenever i hear absolute vodka is jessica wilde like when they had to advertise that berry acai drink, she's like, "Oh, I love that drink." Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, I forgot about that. It's oh, just yeah, love well, that basically. <laughs> and like, oh my god, the 
best food ever. And okay. there's like Borgo's Bingo, Masioki, Shaka Khan was there. Love Shaka Khan. Anyway, basically, I had a great day. Yay! So I would highly recommend. Ooh. Ooh, what Very about excellent. you? Me, um, re-watching, I've recently been re-watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, which yeah. I really, I, I really that. enjoy that. And I thought that existed. Yeah, but I find it's... I kind it, of went off it. It's really commute watching. Yeah. And for me, I like... So we were speaking about um, Eric in Sex Education last week. I think a similar kind of character, like a flamboyant uh, gay character who that isn't their only trait is Titus, who is... Oh my god, I love Titus Andromeda. So no, no. Um, I've also recently started watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I really need to watch that. That's it's, on. Yeah, that's something I It's really. I mean, I got hyped up a lot, and I thought, is it going to live up to? Yeah, it? everyone in my office is like, oh my god, it's amazing. It's really good. Okay, it's fine. really, really fine, good. Fine, 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 fine. Um, and it kind of how it's sort of, I like the production design of it. It's gorgeous. That kind of nineteen fifties. Lots of color. Lots of like sort of the the line of the, all the clothes is really cool, and there's just the setting. It it. I, it's really good. The writing's really sharp as well, and it's really interesting because it's done by Amy Sherman Palladino, who did Gilmore Girls, and it was it. It's the really sharp writing I wanted in Gilmore Girls and didn't get. That's in Maisel. All right, you don't need to constantly shit on Gilmore Girls. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. Like I'm just saying, like that's fine. that's what I was fine, looking fine, for from fine, Gilmore fine. Girls, and credit where credit's due, Maisel's really good. Yeah. Um, also, want to talk a little bit about some music. Ooh, okay. Um, you spoke about festival. I want to. Uh, big up two albums came out relatively recently. Um, one is the debut album from Sigrid. Oh yeah, which is really good. Is it good? Because I like her songs, but I heard her live at only on the radio. Yeah, like the radio one weekend. Okay, not very good. Okay, because I think I think the album. But I guess a bit doing live stuff is yeah. always really difficult. Yeah, it's really good. I said two. I mean three. Um, the new album from Kylie Rae Jepsen is not as good as Emotion. Um, it's called Dedicated. It's still very good, though. I listen to podcasts with her on. Oh, yeah. Because you like her so much. I feel like every, like a lot of people have that pop star that they are just going to, like, defend to the hilt. Well, also, on it, they were like, so you're a gay icon now? And she was like, yeah, I yeah. don't know how that happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I was because like, I know we stand. Um, also, because Run Away With Me is one of the best pop songs of the 2010s, but never sing mind. It, sing it. Okay. Baby, take me to the feeling I'll be your why did I sign this key? I'm a bass. I don't know why you started. I'll be your sinner in secret when the lights... It's not very big. Okay, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, great. I don't know. We'll like, tweet okay, it. I'll, yeah, okay. Um, and the third one is a country folk album by Emily Scott Robinson called uh, Travelling Mercies. And it's probably my favourite of the three of them. It's really good. If you like that kind of sort of style of country folk music that's very sort of confessional, it's very kind of narrative songwriting, um, there's a really great song that I, I find myself listening to on a train a lot called Westward Bound, which I just think it's it has that kind of sort of rolling feeling that a lot of country has. It really reminds me of someone like Katie Lang or um, a little bit of Mary Chapin Carpenter, sort of that sort okay. of side of country. And big up those. I'm a musician, so I'm going to plug some music. Why not? Sounds good to me. Yeah. On with the show. On. With. The. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, first up is my TV, I think, this week. Yeah, it is your TV. A few do's. I picked a show that everyone's been talking about. I only watched quite recently, but I also didn't watch recently enough to remember most of it. So this will be an interesting memory exercise for me. It is called Peaky Blinders. Okay, so Peaky Blinders. 
blinders. If you haven't heard of it, where have you been? But also, mm-hmm. if you need the information, I've got it for you. Um, well, Sam's got it for you. <laughs> it was first premiered in 2013. Season five is coming out this year, I think. Um, it's created by Stephen Knight, and it's a series following the Birmingham-based gang, the Peaky Blinders, post-World War One. Before World War Two, I think I'm right yes. in saying. Yes, kind of like 1921-ish. Yeah, um, the reason I wanted to watch it in the first place and then wanted to talk about it with someone is because my dad is obsessed with it and all of his friends are obsessed with it and my brother is obsessed with it and they all get their like fucking Pleaky Blinders caps on and they try to act like they're gang members even though they're like from North London. So like... It doesn't just, really work. It doesn't work at all. They're, they can't pull it off. But anyway, I want to know what you thought of it. I also Killian Murphy is amazing. Mm. So... I can see why people love this show. I didn't. Why? For me, my overarching big issue with it is that from the... This, bear in mind, I've watched just episode one. I... To be fair, I've only watched, like, I think one and two. Okay, I... From just the first episode, I couldn't get... They kept mentioning it, but then nothing that the gang did made them feel threatening. Or made them feel like a presence. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. The only person that I felt had a kind of threatening presence was Helen McCrory, who is... Love Helen McCrory. She's so great. She's it? great. And she, steals, for me, steals the show. Okay. I think I think Killian Murphy is very, very good in this, and I can see why he's got a lot of plaudits for this, but I don't know, just Helen McCrory for me... But she also got loads of plaudits. Did she? Okay, Pretty rightfully. Cool. Um, also, Benjamin Zephaniah appears in it. A lot of rude people focus on this, actually. I mean, I, so, um, sorry, to give more backstory, uh, uh, which I didn't know, I'm only yeah. looking up on Wikipedia now, it's based on a true story. Like, yeah. it's not just a true gang, but, like, the actual truth. So, they're a real 19th century urban youth gang, active from the 19- 1890s to the early 20th century, and it's about Tommy Shelby, who's the gang leader, Killian Murphy, versus a, bel- a detective from Belfast who's supposed to suppress them. Yeah. So, it does have that kind of, yeah. like... Cops and robbers mm. feel to Played it. by Sam Neill. Yeah. Uh, who you'll know from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, I... I mean, I don't. I haven't seen Jurassic Park. You haven't? Okay, that's going on the list. How have you not seen Jurassic Park? Park? I don't, don't. Nothing about it makes you want to watch it. Except oh, the music. so good. Um, okay. But I think Sam Neill was a much better kind of menacing presence than the gang was. In a way... He has this big speech that he delivers to the Birmingham police. Mm-hmm. And then sort of some of his actions throughout the whole thing definitely make him more of a threat. And I get that he's the main villain, but then the gang is awesome. People are meant to be terrified by the gang. And in the opening sequence, you see people cowering from Killian Murphy's character while he's on this horse. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But then I, I, that, for me, had no follow He's on a fucking horse! Yeah, but... It's it's the early twentieth century. People had horses. Yeah, but still. I don't. I don't know. But then there was a lot of things that I did like. Yeah, if you were, but if you were poor, would you have true, a horse? True. True. Suppose. But, I feel like that is why they're yeah. like, oh fucking hell, this man's got a horse. But that was that was it for me in the first episode. I didn't really get why people would bend their will to the Peaky Blinders. But I think that's why I like it because it's not like, here's loads of violence, that's why you should be scared. It's like, there's an underlying threat where you're like, I don't know why you're all scared Mm. of him, but that's what intrigues me. I want to know where you are. That's what I keep watching. For me, it was was just too subtle. It wasn't... Because there's a way to do it subtly and kind of put it into the subtext, but for me, it just wasn't put in enough. And I I just didn't connect with that. Also, I really hated the music. 
The music what? choices are so weird. Everyone loves the music of this show. You I, just know that, like, as in, people love the soundtrack. I, I would, like, happily listen to the soundtrack. I mean, I'd, I'd listen to the soundtrack in isolation, but I just don't think it ever fits with the picture. Ooh. It really pulled me out of it, because it is quite anachronistic. It's not, it's not music that you'd expect from the 1920s or ni- 1900s or something. Oh, no, it's it's no. not that sort of music, but for me, it it really felt quite jarring. And and the dialogue for me did kind of, similarly actually to Sex Education that we spoke about last week, mm-hmm. swung between very expositional to very, very quick and sharp and nuanced. But for me, it was even more of a violent swing than with Sex Education. I... And there were just some moments that are almost comically grungy. Yeah, but that, I think that's why I, and a lot of other people have warmed to this show, is that... It does have that levity to it. Mm, In a way. No, not levity at all, but like, more the grunge of it is like, I know it's more classic now to be like, oh, the past wasn't great, but like... It's so typical to see mm. the past. It's like, oh, yeah, especially this period. Yeah. Because people just see it as like, oh, lots of posh people were depressed because they got PTSD. Yeah. But like, you always see it like, here's mm. a soldier. They were in the World War. Now they're depressed. And this is like, totally different. Like, I've never seen anything no. that focuses on this kind of period of history in this way before, mm. ever. And focuses on the young men who were like, not left behind, mm. but like, who were affected by World War One, not in a like, they're all, they've all got shell shock, or like they're all running yeah. right in London. Like, it's a, we never see anything at Birmingham mostly. I don't, I've seen very few dramas at Birmingham. Yeah, agreed. Ever. Um, you don't get stuff in this period, yeah. and often when you get stuff, any period drama, which always pisses me off, it's always like, ah, oh, everything is perfect, yay. And this one feels like there's so much to it that I never, which obviously did happen mm. at the time, but I never considered happening. Yeah. And it, I like it for the historical stuff. And the grunge is part of that to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But for me, the grunge, there's a scene where Sam Neill is in a car driving down the street and is seeing all the things going on that PC has come and cracked down on vice and sin in Birmingham. And it, it got to the point where it was it was just that it went for me over the edge into absurd. And but do you think that's just because you don't, I don't know, I felt, mm. I felt like any time I thought about, I, th- I, think... I thought Maybe this is absurd. I thought, but I have no idea. Like, as in, yeah, exactly. How do you, it, it could, that could be what it was like? It, it could have been, but I just, for me, it just felt a tiny bit totally jarring from the rest of it. Because the rest of it is kind of very dark. It's very kind of, it's got this brooding sense of energy to it, and I think that does come mostly from the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, uh, Killian Murphy is. Excellent. Hannah McCrory is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Neill, I think, is really good. Um, Annabelle Wallace, who plays the sort of spy bar woman. Oh, she... The only thing that did actually annoy me... I actually loved this episode, but, like, the mm. fir- the only thing that annoyed me is that... It was pissing me off when they pick people and they're like, their voice just wins people over. And they listen to it and yeah. it's like, it's fine. Like, it's nothing special, yeah. It's nothing special. If you're going to make this massive... It's like when they try and cast Helen of Troy in anything that's about like Troy and they're like, the most beautiful woman in the world! And they cast... It's a woman. And you're like, you are a very beautiful woman. Or like, you have quite a nice voice. Yeah. Equally, is it enough to like, stop bar brawls? I don't think, think so. so. No. Sweetie. I just, that pissed me off. It's just like if if she's a great actress, mm. just dub her over with someone else. No yeah. offense. I think I think she's got a lovely voice, but like it's not good enough. Yeah, I think that was that was another moment that sort of was just like, wait, what? 
where's this come from? It felt a, like a little bit like it was an engine turning over just just about trying to start and it just, it just didn't do it for me. And it's weird because this is the sort of show that I think I'd really love. I think I, you should, I genuinely think you should watch more of it. Okay. Because I, I feel like it is the kind of show that mm-hmm. I got told about, I mean, I didn't really like, uh, oh my god, what's like the biggest show? Breaking Bad. Mm. I've never really got into that and I've watched like three episodes, but everyone tells me if you just keep at it, it's yeah. you'll become like it's the best season show of all time. And I have never been bothered with Breaking Bad to carry on, but Peaky Blinders, I actually did love. But I do mm. think it's the kind of show that you would like get into. And yeah. Like, oh, do you know what? I get really get annoyed at period pieces. They always do the boy I love is up in the gallery. Mm. I know it was like a big song at that time, but do we all need to hear it again? No, we don't. Boy, I love is up in the gallery. And then it's like, oh, well, we all love it because, like, it's slightly sad. Yeah. Da, 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 da. No, fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> That's a massive overreaction. Massive overreaction. It just annoys me. <laughs> anyway, right, let's get on to I, your TV. I think we've got to move on to my TV. about that. Yeah. Um, for my TV, I think, slightly different sort of thing. Um, it's a very recent show, and it's one that I actually... I really came out of nowhere for me. I thought, oh, I'll watch the first episode. And I, I got really hooked into this. And I asked you to watch Russian Doll. <laughs> Russian Doll is a Netflix series from this year. That's 2019 for those other people listening. For the uh, fans who are listening way in the future. Holla at you. Lol. Um, it's created by Natasha Leone, uh, Leslie Headland, and Amy Poehler. Uh, and stars Natasha Leone. Yeah, oh, it's Crazy Baby Pola. Yeah, it's Crazy Baby Pola. And it follows a woman played by Natasha Leone who keeps dying and reliving the same party. Essentially, it's kind of her birthday party thrown by her friends, and then she keeps dying and reliving it with various consequences that along the way. I really like this. I think it's a nice twist on the person keeps dying and reliving the same situation thing, which I have seen a lot. Mm-hmm. Most famously in Groundhog Day. I think it's a nice it's a nice sort of spin on it. Whether you got that from episode one, I'm not sure because it does come later in the timeline of events. So what did you think? Uh, I just felt a big meh about this. Okay. I really wanted to watch it, so I was really pleased when you picked it. Okay. I really like Natasha Leone. I was like, everyone seems to say it's really good. Mm. I'll have a watch. I just I uh, I was like ent- I was like vaguely entertained. Mm. But I wasn't intrigued, like, the prem. I find the, the premise is... I've seen it before. Yeah. And if you're going to do that premise, it needs to be something that I want to relive. Mm. And I found her part, the party and her friends just all annoying. So I was like, yeah. why don't you... Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> like, I think, why do I have to relive this yeah. over and over and over again? I think it's interesting, like you're saying about, to me, with Peaky Blinders, I'd say exactly the same thing about this, is that I feel like you need to watch the first two episodes to yeah, really yeah. get a feel for it. Because then, sort of, what you're saying kind of becomes much more apparent, and it's sort of the plot thickens in a way with with the repeats and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, I think, similar to like I was saying, Peaky Blinders, there is some very good elements. I think Natasha Leone is excellent in mm-hmm. this. I I think her performance is incredibly strong, and she, I mean, she's it, always good. She's always so I almost didn't judge mm-hmm. it on that because I was like, yeah, she, she's always. Do you know what I mean? She's always good. So. True. Meh. But I yeah. I think I I do like the design of it quite a lot. It's a very interesting looking show. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of starts in this bathroom, mm. which is the point where she repeats to every time that has this kind of big glowing crack, blue crack in the door, <laughs> and 
that sort of kind of you see it pop up at a few more times the friend that's throwing her the party is really dressed kind of really interestingly yeah like as in there's lots of like cool stuff about it it looks very cool i just wasn't like i found it all a little bit too cool i found yeah. it was just like the whole party i was like this is a shit party mm. and my friend was like it's a good party and i was like no nah. i don't know it's not I'm not cool enough for this bit. Mm. I, is what I felt. But I'm I felt not cool like, enough for this either. I'm much know, more of a no, dweeb than you are. Yeah, I just felt almost easy. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, no, you are more of a dweeb. No, than I think you are more of a dweeb. Yeah, no, I will admit that. <laughs> um, in a great way. Yeah. Not a bit like, but I'm, what I'm saying is that this, if it like if it had been a dweeby party, I would have been like, yay, fun. Like as in, I couldn't really get on board with that. But like as in, this looks so cool that they are all annoying. Yeah. You know when you just watch something and you're like, I feel totally alienated by this. Like, I don't think I'd be invited to that party. I don't think I'd enjoy that party if I wasn't invited. I don't think I'd even want to go to that party. And yet you want me to watch it for episodes and episodes. But I think, and I'm I think sure that's kind of the point is that like, she is kind of there and then yeah. she is reliving it. And then as the repeats go, it gets progressively, like she progressively notices more and more things about it that sort of put her worldview into whack. And I think that's hard okay. to do in the first episode because... Yeah, it felt like it should have been a film, to be perfectly honest. Like, mm. if you're going to make it something that repeats, uh, there wasn't enough reason in the first episode for me to keep on... I didn't feel like, oh, I want to keep watching this. I just okay. felt like, Because oh, okay. I, I, think, I think the first... For me, it was the end of episode two. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm now on board with this. Because I was intrigued enough by episode one yeah. that I wanted to see... Because essentially, episode one ends with the first repeat. Yes, it so does. it so it doesn't it doesn't repeat and repeat in the first episode. It repeats once. It repeats once, and that's the end of episode one. And then yeah. episode two starts to set up the premise, and you get to see more about Natasha Leone's character and how like she's a kind of she's a game coder. Yeah. And how? Oh, is she a game coder? Yeah, she's a game coder. That's cool. That's much cooler than that kind of. Then you you find out more about her. You find out more about her friends and sort of where they are coming from, and more mm. about her life. Okay. And. Then by the end of episode two, when you get either the second or third repeat, you're like, okay, I'm investing this. And then the twist at the end of episode three, I think for me was like, oh, is that amazing? Uh, yeah, kind of, and just sort of how it's presented. It's not necessarily a twist because I have a feeling it's in the trailer, but it's it's how okay. it's how it's just presented. You're like, wait, hang on. Because episode three is a bit more kind of like it's episode three is a bit more like that montage in Groundhog Day where he keeps yeah, dying yeah, over, yeah, and over, yeah. and over and over and over and over again. Epic, so you're like, yeah, let's skip this boring shit. Yeah, hmm. but but also but then it then the payoff at the end of it where with the revelation, which I don't want to spoil for people. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna rewatch the trailer now. You realise? Yeah. Maybe closely, be like, is that? I know, but I, and and then I think it just it has a really sort of satisfying arc to it, and how you're not really sure why things are happening, and there's okay. And there's and it's less of a discovery to find out why things are happening, and more just a discovery of can I get out of it? Okay. And I think okay. that's for me was the was because with Groundhog Day it's always the why is this repeating? Why is it happening? Oh, I need to get with Andy McDowell. That's why it's happening. <laughs> um, but with this, it's less. Okay, it's more. This is happening. How do I make it stop? Yeah. Which okay. I just think is more interesting, and it's sort of it's kind of it has that kind of game attitude to it that you're taking multiple pathways. Yeah, I did mm. like that. I like that I wasn't just like... Like, mm. she didn't do the same things as she did the no. day before. It wasn't like that. Um, like, it would have been very boring if she just did exactly the same thing, but not yeah. died in the same... Like, avoided dying in the same way as she did in the first one. I like that. It reminded me of Bandersnatch in that way. Yeah, I think I kind this of wanted came out at a similar time as Bandersnatch. I kind of wanted it to be more of a Bandersnatch-y thing, where mm. I was like, ooh, black... Like, I think maybe even just the title Black Mirror. 
would have made it. Black Mirror, Russian it Doll, would have, yeah. I would have been like, Black Mirror, Russian Doll, I would have been like, oh, like, wow. Where's it's it good, going? But I think what's good about Black Mirror is that because they know that the premises are limited in a way, mm. it is only like an hour and a half or like, Bandersnatch like, what? I guess it can well, be a can... long, really long if yeah. you do the whole thing, which I did actually, but... I see, I, for me, I got, I got bored with Bandersnatch towards the end. Oh like, yeah, I did, but I would also, re- as in, by that time I was involved enough that I was like, oh, I want to know what happens in the yeah. game, if that makes sense. Whereas this one, I was like, like the fact that she was a game thing, yeah. if that had been dropped earlier, I would have been like, oh, we get it, like it's a game, we're like going yeah. through a game scenario here. Like you saying that makes me want to watch it more, but I also just didn't enjoy the first, like I didn't laugh at all. Okay, I thought it was quite funny in places. Like what? I don't know, I just I think it's it's that kind of like sharp dialogue that you get in a lot of kind of it's 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 quite VP in that sort of sense. I haven't seen Veep. Um it, I think Veep is a bit like a toned down thick of it. Cause still by a man. Right. Yeah 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 yeah. But I, fu- I mean I fucking love the thick of it. I just I've I don't I don't get how this is sharp at all. I I is that just felt like a lot of people liked talking and I was like It's okay. that rapid sort of drama or like dialogue which just kind of just throws stuff at you. It's very I, I don't I, know if that I, do, I get that in, like, the West Wing and stuff. I didn't find that this was sharp in that, like... Okay. It just felt like a lot of people talking about nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I might be thinking about things later in the show. Yeah, I felt like the first episode one. was very much, like... Okay. Not... I don't know. I didn't find any of it funny. I mean, I'm glad I watched it. Mm. I like Natasha Leo. I like Amy Poehler. But, yeah. Oh, well. Fair enough. Okay. Movie time. Movie time. So I've chosen a movie that I don't even like that much, but we're going to watch it. We'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> we'll talk about it anyway. Um, this film really needs no introduction. It is Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty is a Disney classic, um, just before the golden era, really. It's from 1959. It's just after the golden era. Golden era is like Snow White and stuff. No, Lies. Lies Minnelli. Golden Age is not. Golden Age is like Beauty and the Beast. No, that's the Renaissance. That's the Golden Age. That's the Disney Renaissance. That's the Golden Age. No, Golden Age, you're talking like Snow The Renaissance White. is the Golden Age. Just like when everyone refers to Renaissance now, everyone's like, if you talk about the Golden Age, you talk about Elizabethan no, England. No, because Disney, eras have, Disney has specific eras. You have the Golden Age, like Snow White, Bambi, Dumbo. The Silver Age was like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. That ends, I think, with Sleeping Beauty. Then you have the oh, Dark Age. Oh, the Golden Age, age was shit. Well, it's because it's like, it's it's the Golden Age of Hollywood, so the Golden Age of Disney, isn't it? But then you have, these are very, then you have the these Disney, are misnomers. Then you have the Disney Man. Renaissance, which starts with the Little Mermaid and ends with Tarzan. Which should be called the Golden Age. Some people think that. What else? Okay, yeah. fine. Stephen Beauty. Stephen <laughs> Beauty is a Disney film from apparently the Silver Age. Who knew? Um, of Disney from 1959, and it's directed by Clyde Geronimi. Geronimo. He. And we haven't even included any other information no. because we don't need it. You know the story, but basically it's about a girl who breaks her finger and then she falls asleep yeah, and then yeah. a prince comes. He's called Prince Philip. She's called Aurora. You probably know this more than you know the original Sleeping Beauty story yeah. because Disney take over everything like hideous creatures. Like mould. Like mould. Yeah. Um, I watched this when I was little. I was just shocked that Sam hadn't watched it, but I also haven't watched it very recently. No. So my comments would be very much purely based on memories and gifts that I've seen on the internet. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. What did you think? Uh, this isn't... Uh, this isn't one of my favourite Disney ones. It really isn't. No. And I have... Me neither. I have some things that I really like about it, and I have a lot that I really don't. 
Um, things I really like. The music is excellent because it's all Tchaikovsky. The music's all taken from the Tchaikovsky Ballet. Um, Shout out to Tchaikovsky. Woo. What um, a legend. Once Upon a Dream, one, I think one of the best Disney songs ever. Maleficent, one of the best Disney villains ever. Terrifying. Terrifying. I'm pretty sure when I was little I had to switch this off because I yeah. found it so scary. And like, because she has this army of kind of like runty, mutanty, demon things. I'm like, no, where is your army of fabulous drag queens? That's yeah. what she that, I would understand her like ruling the drag queens, yeah. but I feel like she can be like a Michelle Visage. She doesn't True. need to be like a drag queen. I mean, just, like, a Michelle Visage dressed as Maleficent. There you go. Very here for that. Um, and I think she's a really great villain. I think the production design, it's that very kind of classic, it's very beautiful hand-drawn. If you think of Disney, you think yeah. of, I would say, oh, think of beauty kind of stuff. My issue with this primarily is centred on the three fairies. Because I fucking love the three fairies, as far as I remember them. What are uh, they called? Fauna, Flora, Fauna and Merriweather. They basically <laughs> fuck everything up in this film. Exactly. And also their magic is in because like, oh no, we can't stop Maleficent. And it's like, okay, but we can turn everything into bubbles. We can make a rainbow bridge. Let's turn this dress multiple colours. There is about seven minutes in this film of them changing the colour of Aurora's dress. I love that bit. And I was like, hurry up. No, and that's such a good bit. The thing is, is like, they're like, no magic. And it's like, oh, it's fine. And then they just start like, hexing the shit out of each other. It's, they fuck a lot of stuff. And... I mean, I did write but my notes. But they made this enjoyable to watch because it was just yeah. Aurora. She's so she's oh, the most Aurora boring is, princess is that's one dimensional. I mean, she's I mean, Snow White, Cinderella. Snow White is bottom of the pile. But if you, have you, has anyone seen the Disney version of Mean Girls? Have you seen that? No. Okay, we're gonna watch that. It's really funny. Okay. It's those three as the main Mean Girls. Uh, oh no, I have seen it. I have seen it. Yeah. You should watch it again after anyway. But I think I think that Aurora's really dull. Philip yeah. is really dull. Yeah, they're a really boring couple. Like only Snow White is more boring. See, I potentially would put no, her shut below. Up. Shut up. Or shut put them at least equal. I don't know. No. Because at so least I'm sorry. No. At least Aurora goes out and like is like, oh look, I'm friends with the fairies. I have friends who aren't animals. Snow White has the dwarves. Snow White has the dwarves who she patronizes and just does all the work for. At least Snow White is like, yay fairies. See, oh sorry. Yeah. At least Aurora is like. <laughs> Going around being like, haha, fairies, actually I'm having a good time. I want to celebrate my birthday. I have curiosity. Ooh, what's this? Snow White just does yeah. everything for these dwarves because she turns up at their house and then she just sings to yeah. birds. And I'm like, Although, get a life, like, Snow White. They both White. are hideously passive characters. Oh my god, they're so passive. But that is partly yeah. written into the story. They can't do much to change that. And Although, I bet if they did a live action version, it'd be like, but also, Aurora is actually a rocket scientist. Yeah. And in her dreams, she wakes up and she's like, well, Philip, thanks for rescuing me. I've now designed a way to get to Mars. Yeah. Yay. But also, like, so the fairies bestow three gifts upon Aurora as she's born, which are I've about that, that she's pretty, that she can sing well, and that she's only going to sleep when Maleficent tries to murder her. And I'm like, so Those you're... are the most useful things. I'm like, girl so you didn't think intelligence, archery... Do you know what is interesting about that though? One could say, one could say yeah. that intelligence, archery, are things that can be taught. True. Having a good voice and having beauty is things that are their innate qualities. As in, you can make yourself beautiful. You can make yourself look beautiful through like makeup yeah. and stuff. But it's quite a lot of effort. Mm. And it is effort to like learn to yeah. do archery. But it's something that you can work out. You yeah. can see yourself getting but better. But you can at, also you know I mean? learn how to sing. 
Yeah, but if you don't have a nice voice, there's limited amounts mm. you can do. But like, just, there are people yeah. who go like, I've had five years of singing lessons, and you're like, really? It you doesn't show. Tell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that is my, as in, mm. as a feminist, obviously, this film is hideous, but equally, that is my only defence of the fairies, is yeah. that they were like, we can teach her, because she does seem to know a lot, so mm. maybe they're like, we've taught her well, and also yeah. she gets the bonus qualities of being really clever. I mean, being really um, well. Beautiful. She's she's not she's not very clever. Also, how are you going to snare that prince unless you're beautiful? Well, I mean, Prince Philip's an idiot. Well, he's, he's not just an idiot. He's quite creepy. He comes he, across yeah. a sleeping woman and kisses her. He has like shit. And then it's like, oh, do you want to marry me despite not knowing if you can even yeah. speak? Yeah. And like, I spoke going back to the music. Though, I spoke about the music and I spoke about the songs. Outside of Once Upon a Dream, the songs are terrible. I don't remember any of the songs. Exactly, they're all these are like songs. Yeah, there's no. one of which the two kings sing together that is rubbish. What? It's rubbish. And there's those of like sing about stuff, exposition through song. And I'm like, no, they don't have. I thought they didn't have any songs in it. No, I genuinely think it's, that goes it's got songs and. They're bad. And there's like a okay. random drunk minstrel. Also, there's loads of the ogres. I'm here for a random drunk minstrel. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it, that's, that for me, it's a short film, but has so many just narrative cul-de-sacs in it. For I'm a... sorry, to be fair to Disney, what, what more can you do with it? The story uh, yeah. is literally tellable in 30 seconds. I reckon uh, yeah. I could do it now in 30 seconds. Oh, definitely. But for me, it was like more Maleficent. Just more Maleficent. Yeah, but at the time they weren't into that, like making villains normal people. Yeah. Today, so also, also the fairies essentially drug an entire kingdom to make them go to sleep. Yeah. Oh well. And it's uh, with uh, good reason though. With good reason, but then I'm like, but all this food for this feast is going to go to waste. I reckon it's enchanted, mate. Well, I mean, it only happens after, for about twelve hours, so they're fine. Yeah, I know. I love it. It will happen for yeah. eternity. But then Philip turns up and we're all fine also, again. Also, I'm a Disney princess. Watch me summon my satanic woodland creatures through song. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, <sighs> I just have... For me, the fairies are the main issue I have with it. It's just that they're really... I can't believe they're the main issue. I get all of your other criticisms, but they're great. I just thought I found them really inconsistent. Like, it doesn't what... matter if they're inconsistent. It's fucking Disney. Yeah, but it was what in they could... They, they make a whole thing about, oh no, we can't stop Maleficent's magic. Yeah, but they need to be entertaining to watch, and therefore they must have power. Yeah, also they are 100% a polyamorous lesbian throuple. I'd love that. Yeah, here for polyamorous lesbian Who's throuple. Who's the, like, yeah. disastrous one? There's always a disastrous Mary one. Weather. Yeah, Mary Weather. I knew it yeah. was Mary Weather. Classic Mary Fully, Weather. Fully, yeah. But it's just... <sighs> I like the bit where they try and make the cake. Oh, for me it was like, so you made bread. They made a cake. She, she made... She was, like, kneading it like it was bread dough. It, it, that is... But that is, I like the fairies because they provide a lot of satisfying animation that I can happily watch again and again. Like, yeah. that is a very satisfying yeah. piece. Visual alone. Visually, it's just very nice, yeah. isn't it? Um, and, but also, like, when the fairies make everyone fall asleep, if I was a neighbouring kingdom, I'd be like, great, so everyone in this kingdom is asleep, I'm going to invade. Because yeah, but the... they don't know that because it's Disney. Yeah, but they make a thing about it being like... I'm so sorry. I clicked on Sleeping Beauty Princess Aurora toy by accident. Oh, no. I was just looking for the cake. Because, because all of... All of the, all of the thing is like it's kind of, they say oh it's the 14th century. I'm like if it was the 14th century they would have invaded by now. And the and that does get into why Maleficent's so annoyed that she wasn't invited because it's a state occasion. You would invite people, like important dignitaries from around near your kingdom, and Maleficent, you know, like her, is an important person. So not inviting her is like a ma It's like one could say this is merely a reiteration of Beowulf. Yeah. Many centuries on and made into something that makes girls feel bad about themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I, one could say that's total bullshit. I made it up. I mean, both would be correct. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it just wasn't. I didn't really enjoy it that much. No, I, I get, I get why people like some people really like this. I've never met someone that says, "Oh, Sleeping Beauty, my favorite Disney film." I've never met someone that said that. No, because it's rubbish. No, I, I found myself critiquing it more than enjoying it. Fair enough. Yeah. Sad times for your children. Sad times, but also that just made them watch Beauty and the Beast. I got bored of that. Or like Up or Toy Story. I didn't like Up that much. Or I don't know. Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story is fine. Okay, fine, on to your movie. On to my film, yeah. Um, so I asked Alice to watch a film by my favourite director. Um, it's, it's a bit of a tonal shift from Sleeping Beauty, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Um, I asked Alice to watch Children of Men. Children Men is from 2006, directed by the amazing Alfonso Cuaron, who just recently won his second Best Director Oscar for Roma. Um, it's uh, set in a post-apocalyptic world where no one can have children and most governments in the world have completely collapsed. Um, and it's based on a novel by the same name by P.D. James, stars Clive Owen, Julianne Moore, Pam Ferris, Chiwetel Ejiofor, tons of people. Um, it's not a happy film. I also think it's kind of, it's that beautiful combination of bleak and beautiful where it has that sort of that kind of dichotomy against itself and yeah i'm really interested to see what you think of this because i'm scared you hated it no i didn't hate it um i watched it on a friday night post love island <laughs> cheery love cheery watching and i didn't realize what it was about okay in that i don't really look at the films before i watch them mm -hmm. so i just went in blind and then about like five minutes in looked it up because i was like I was deciding what to watch first, like one from a different week or this. Yeah. One. And then I was like, okay, it's a Friday, like how? And then it said like sci-fi dystopia. Mm. For some reason, my brain was like, must be a comedy then. I don't know why, <laughs> but like as in sci-fi, I assumed because dystopias usually aren't sci-fi. No. To me, anyway. So I assumed that this would be a dystopia, but it's got sci-fi elements in it, and to me, I connect sci-fi with kind of like campy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So this really kind of confused me, to be honest. I wouldn't really first. call it sci-fi. No, neither though. would I. I, I think, thought that was really mistaken. Yeah. I think it's, it was on Wikipedia. Damn you, Wikipedia. No. Um, uh, I'll read you my comments. Yeah. Because like, I made notes on this one for once. Because I've got Alice a notebook for her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. So the bomb scared the shit out of me. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. Number two. Is there anything Michael Caine isn't in? Yeah. Yeah. He's in this. He's Michael, in this. Michael. You've done a lot. I mean, I don't agree with the politics, but you are in a many good films. Yes. Number three, Ruby Tuesday, Heart. Well, yeah. That is my audition song. Like any singing song. I go for, and I love it, and the lyrics are so beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Number four, he didn't pay for the bus. <laughs> I love how that's your business. It's the apocalypse, no one pays for buses. He was on the bus, and then he just went upstairs and then went off, and I was like, Clive, like, you need to pay for the bus. He does, yeah. Come on. Number four, oh, number four is a, a five is a plot spoiler, is that okay to say? Hang on, show me it. <sighs> I'm gonna say, yeah. fucking hell, blankety blank is dead. Yeah. Someone died out of nowhere. I mean, for those who've seen- Many people died out of nowhere. For those who've seen um, the film, the scene we're talking about is the scene of the car that's the uninterrupted shot. Yeah. It's number such a good scene. Number six, how do they do the egg thing? Is it an egg or a ping pong ball? I don't know. 
They blow a ping pong ball slash egg between two of their mouths. I think it's a ping pong ball. Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. And I'm so intrigued by that. How did they do that? Can you do that? I mean, can I can't. Can people do that? I'm guessing people can. It's fascinating. Next one. The old opening the car door trick is very popular. He does it like three times. Yeah. And I like that they were like, we can't think of another one. <laughs> um, basically, the guy who's like running the whole thing, the protagonist, Clive not the whole thing at all, the protagonist of the film, can't remember his character name. He, Clive Owen's character. He is... has no skills. So, mm. but he also has to be in it all of the time. So yeah, they have to find a way of him surviving. Yeah. And Theo so, is Clive Owen's character. Theo. So they constantly reuse the same trick, which is like, he opens a car door in someone's face. Yeah. And it's like, I thought that was a bit of a egg broke But I get it, I get it. Um, next one. Birth. Brackets. Ew. They show a birth in a lot of detail. It was disgusting. I was watching this with my boyfriend and I turned to him and was like, I've been put up having children. <laughs> Which I don't think is the intention of the movie because it's all about how infidelity is a bad thing, but whoops. Yeah. It was disgusting. Now my next one. Ending is cute. We'll not say why, but I like the yeah. ending. Very cute. And then the last one, long shots. And I asked someone at work about this film and they told me to look out for the long shots about how like it's one of the earliest films that has like long, 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 yeah. long shots where they don't cut at all. And it's like, which is amazing because it means that stuff comes out of nowhere in a way that it wouldn't do if you're constantly switching yeah. like camera angle and stuff. So I really like that. Mm. I agree that it's big and beautiful. I agree with all of those things. I found it, I, maybe I just watched it at the wrong time, but I found it very difficult to keep my mind on it. Mm. And I'm very fidgety as a person when I'm doing stuff with sound notes because I'm constantly like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The number of times I've had to edit out Brussels yeah, <laughs> from the sorry. podcast. Like eating or moisturising or like I usually do my marking in front of TV and film. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. This was not something I could do. No, that, that really isn't. It also wasn't... A, but then again, it also wasn't a film that I could watch wholeheartedly with someone else. And discuss it with them, mm. which is another. It's like another thing I like to do if I'm watching a movie, but yeah. not doing anything. It's like, like when I was watching it with my boyfriend, he fell asleep for a bit. He had seen it before. Okay. And then like, it was really. I don't know. And then I found it really difficult to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really, really conflicted. I think because I think uh, for me, it's it's this film has uh, and the long shots like that's very much kind of now Alphonse Cuarón's staple thing. He okay. does that a lot. He does it. Uh, in Roma, he does it in Gravity, he does it yeah. in all these sorts of things, and it, and they're really kind of sort of striking, especially the car sequence. I think yeah, is, is that's amazing. Less one. Um, there's a lot of pathos in the characters. Um, I think kind of Theo originally. When you I don't really get how it was like just because no one can have children, it's like post-apocalyptic. Well, it's because like society, like society, slowly aging. That's the problem, is that people, yeah, and there's no like, one replacing them. We have them. a problem with overpopulation. Yeah. I don't understand why everything's gone to shit just because people can't have kids. Mm. I understand why people would, like, turn to God and stuff. Yeah. That all made total sense, like, the religious aspect of it. Um, I just didn't really get, like, why the whole world had fallen apart because there weren't any children. No. Because there were 18-year-olds enough, so it's not like it would have affected yeah. work yet. But, I mean... It affects schools. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I watched it and I was like, oh, God, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think then you have kind of like the character of Key, played by Claire Ashley, who is... She's great. She's, she's the pregnant character. Yeah. That's not really a spoiler. She, she has a lot of kind of really great scenes. Also, I think Pam Ferris has... Pam Ferris is excellent. She has one of my favourite scenes in this film, which is the one in the primary school, where she's... Because Pam Ferris used to be... She's been midwife. Midwife, yeah. And she's sort of saying about, then there were no births, then the primary school shut down. 
and it's just delivered in such a kind of heartbreaking way. Yeah, she's great. And she, she just, throughout the whole thing, just has this kind of draw towards her character. And how her storyline resolves itself is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favourite bits of the film in a weird way. Yeah. Not in, like, I liked it, but in terms mm. of, like, appreciating yeah. it. Yeah. There's also quite a lot of moments of sort of, like, classical art references throughout the whole film. There's a really interesting um, video essay on this film called um, Don't Pay Attention, called uh, Don't Ignore the Background, mm -hmm. where you see tons of... So, I mean, I think the best example is where you see Key pregnant for the first time in a barn. It's very much calling back to the birth of Venus. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's probably the most overt one, but you see ones like references to like Picasso's Guernica, which you also see in the film, because oh, there's a scene in, I think what is meant to be Battersea Power Station, where all of the art of the world is housed, like in like uh, a museum of protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's, sorry, I'm reading it over your shoulder yeah. on Wikipedia as I listen. The idea that um, Key, so is African, um, well, not African, but she, yeah, she yeah. is African, yeah. actually, we don't know what country she's no. from, I think. Um, so she's this illegal immigrant, um, it just says she was written into the film based on Quarrel's interest in the recent single origin hypothesis of human origins mm. and the state of dispossessed people and the idea that, like, humanity started in Africa and therefore, like, the future of humanity starts with, like... Yeah. An African woman is interesting. I don't know. That's I think, that yeah, thing. It's... I thought they'd deliberately done that to be like, I don't know, like, black women are often the most marginalised marginalised yeah. group, and then it's like, but they are the future. Of, well, in this yeah. case, one of them is the future of humanity. That was interesting. And it, it's, I think it's it's a film that I watched it the first time, and I just kept thinking about it, and I kept going back to it, and I kept like recalling the scenes, and then sort of the kind of the turnaround on certain characters and how certain characters develop in ways you wouldn't expect and I think the performances I mean we've talked about like Pantheris and the Kylo Owen and Claire Ashti but I mean all of them are great and I think the script's really strong I also just think it's that it is that kind of apocalypse that I like it's the bleak but beautiful it's not the shiny Hunger Gamesy apocalypse yeah. sort of thing it's much more similar to something like The Road um, it actually reminded me of Years and Years, yeah. which we're both watching at the moment, we'll probably do an episode on when it Once ends, it finishes, yeah. Which I love. I'm really enjoying Years but and Years in, as well. But in a similar way, I finished this feeling like just really depressed. Mm. And I've watched the episodes of Years and Years and had to like message people to come talk to me because I've like just been in a really bad mood. Yeah. Because it just makes me upset. And I think because... I think the similarities they both have is that they're about the future, but they like feature scenes that are what people are living through now, yeah. which is probably a bad thing. But like, just like it's very easy to ignore that stuff mm. in your day to day life, and I just don't really want to think about yeah. it. And I know that I probably should, also, you know, da -da -da -da, all these reasons. Anyway, um, and I found this the bit at the end is basically as if they're in like Syria or somewhere yeah. now, like a lot of people marching around like just gunfire constantly mm. everyone's terrified everyone's running for their lives da, 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 da. it's just very like upsetting yeah but like, also that like shit no. that that sequence feels so claustrophobic yeah because it's meant to be like some sort of like town somewhere where it's meant to be yeah it's meant to be like on sea. yeah Bexel on sea is where it's meant yeah. to be I don't know what Bexelsi normally looks like. No, so I like... neither do I. But it does. It does kind of. It feels very claustrophobic. It feels very much um, kind of. It's very much coming after sort of scenes in things like Saving Private Ryan, sort of that kind of yeah, 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 claustro yeah. Cl way of shooting 
war in a way. Yeah, but again, like, as in, yes, I still couldn't work out how that all happened. From no, but also that's... The, the stopping the birth of kids. I honestly couldn't see how that yeah. could happen. I mean, I know in 18 years, like, masses can change, obviously, yeah. we could, which we see all the time, but, like, it was like, oh, no one's had kids, so therefore the entire, like, world mm. goes to shit. I don't understand yeah. that. That doesn't make any but sense to me. I think with a lot of apocalypses, they don't really make sense when you think about them for two minutes. Yeah, but they, at least they, like, have some... I mean, yeah. in a way, this is deliberate. Like, the, the fact that you don't know anything about this is obviously, like, obviously part yeah. of the point. Because the thing is, is they say, like, like in when in the Panthera speech we talked about, she says, we don't know. We didn't know. They just stopped yeah but i don't i don't mind not knowing why the kids stop yeah that's slightly different but why society why society has collapsed because what because is... like i said it's been 18 years since the last yeah. child so that is not enough time for the workforce to completely like be screwed up at all no well i don't, I don't think it's, i never got it's the workforce screwed up it's that essentially like it's that kind of that there's no hope let's turn to the extreme okay and yeah. that's that's kind of what i saw it as uh, yeah, I think I just like, I mean, it would completely invalidate the whole movie, but like, I like to believe that yeah. people would be more hopeful in that situation, or like draw together more in mm. that way. I don't know, I think because I'm, I'm, I'm more of a pessimist than you, so I, I definitely think, yeah, that could happen. Mm, yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe. I feel like but, a lot. And then there were loads of random other themes about like refugees and like dispossessed mm. people and... But I, 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 I it didn't, it didn't, either. no, but, like, but I guess you don't need to explain that. It didn't feel forced in, it felt... Quite oh, natural. No, 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 no. But it was natural that they were there. It's just yeah. Like, yeah, I just felt like the whole time I was a little bit like confused. I was like, mm. what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. I'm but you're lost. still you're still thinking about it, and that's I think that's a that's a a good thing I think when yeah. you watch a film. Is yeah. that a film that kind of makes you think, oh, hang on. Yeah, to an extent. Hmm. No, I still. Yeah. I, still, I, I, I thought yeah. it was good. I feel like I have a different opinion now because I looked mm. it up and then everyone was like, yeah, this. And then I talked to a couple of people about it and they were like, this is such a like, this is one of like, it was very like 13th on the 100 best movies of the 21st really? century or something. Yeah, by like a group of critics. And that's all skewed my view because I'm not going to lie for the first bit, I was like, this is so slow. Mm, it, it, it is a It bit got quicker, slow. but I was really, at the beginning, I was mm. quite The first bored. 15 minutes is a bit... Yeah, I enjoyed the bottom at the beginning and then yeah. I was like, oh, for God's sake, get on with it. Yeah, but then what's it kind of... I think once Julianne Moore appears. Once Pam Ferris appears. Yeah. It was, genuinely Julianne Moore was good, but like it was as soon as Pam Ferris appeared and they were in the car. Yeah. Everything changed. I got interested. Yeah. Before that, nah. Mm. Yeah. I felt it was a bit like gravity and that I was like, okay, fine. But you preferred this to gravity. Yeah, I massively preferred this to gravity. Okay. So I think it's time to go to the leaderboard. Leaderboard. So uh, Peaky Blinders is first. Peaky Blinders. I thought this was great and I plan to watch the rest of it when I have time, so I give it a nine. I didn't love it. Uh, for me, it's the issue is that I, I definitely see the appeal. It just wasn't for me, so I gave it a 6.5. I think that's really harsh, but okay. I think, I think because again, I was ranking it against other things that we've watched and that I've watched, and honestly, I preferred, obviously massively preferred Line of Duty, and you gave Line of Duty, I gave Line of Duty a 9, you gave this a 9. For me, that puts into perspective what I'm feeling on it. Okay. And I, for me this was nowhere near as... I think just comparing it to Rome, I don't understand how you can like, because you gave Rome a 9. Yeah, I, 
I, I think, don't see this as like as in I understand you wouldn't like it as yeah. much, but I don't mm. see it as like dramatically lower. I think for for me, there were just enough issues on it that just pulled it below Rome, like a long way below Rome for me. Was that I felt like it was a bit heavy-handed with its exposition. I didn't feel the menace very much at all. And I, like I know it's in the subtext, but for me it was so far in the subtext it was kind of lost. That's okay, just we're not gonna agree on it. But no, we're not gonna agree on it. But Russian Doll, I interestingly gave Russian Doll a nine. Yeah, I don't understand how you got that. I've given it a six. I think I think I thought I was quite generous giving it a six. As see, well. I I I get why you didn't like it. Or like, but I think because again I've seen the whole thing. And you've seen more Peaky Blinders, therefore we've got more well, to go. Well, I just only seen one more Peaky Blinders. True. But yeah, I just... no, I don't really get, I don't really get Russian Doll. Maybe I'll watch more, but I probably won't. No. I've got so much other stuff to watch. I just thought, why am I watching this? Yeah. I was in Natasha Leone. Really like her, but it seems to be playing the same person as in Orange Is the New Black almost. Again, I think she doesn't play that person as the series progresses. I think the issue is it's not the best opening episode. Fine. Okay. I'm sure it's that. Yeah. No, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, I give a seven yeah. because I think it's good because it's Disney and the animation's beautiful yeah. and Maleficent's know, a good villain. Maleficent's good and the main song in it is Tchaikovsky, yeah. but it's like hummable, you know. Yeah, iconic. For, for me, I would give it points for all those reasons, but I would dramatically take points off because I just for me the, the fairies. I have watched it for ages. Yeah, there, so. so I gave it a five and a half. Fair enough. Um, and then Children of Men. Children of Men is. I agree that it's a great, great film, and I would possibly put it on a list of films that I think if you say that you love film, you should watch it. Yeah, I see that. So I gave it a nine and a half. Fucking hell. Okay, I gave it an eight. I think that's... Which is quite generous, because I didn't love it, but also I You do appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that a lot. And like you said, I'll think about it for yeah. a lot. But... I mean, that is much higher... I thought you were going to give it like a six. Uh, the for opening 15 minutes, I was like, I don't understand. I, the only reason I carried on watching mm. is because I looked it up and they were like, the best movies of the 21st century, okay. and I was like, Okay, when is it going to get there? It must get better, and then Pam Ferris changed it all. Pam Ferris is... Pam Ferris is like by far and away the best. She is so underrated, film, I think. In my opinion. I think she's massively underrated. So as we return to the leaderboard, we interestingly have a new entry in the top three films. Which is well, that's good. Like, yeah. so last week I yeah. said we needed one. So, TV remains unchanged. It's West Wing followed by Line of Duty followed by Happy Valley. But films, Lady Bird is our number one film. Yay. Followed by Children of Men at number two. Ooh. Followed by Let the Right One In at number three. I see that. I think I think that's a that's already an improvement. That sounds solid. Yeah, so much of an improvement. I mean, yeah, as much as I do Priscilla. like Priscilla. No offence, but like, come on. I, th I do think all three of those are better films than Priscilla Queen of the yeah. Desert. And I think it, it I mean, we've all given... We've but you given can them... tell a lot about the stuff we agree on, especially with, like, TV. Yeah. This is a very, like, biased list because it has to be something that we... Both. Both of our tastes cross over yeah. on. Because there are Like, things... I would agree that Line of Duty, West Wing, and Happy Valley are, like, some of the best things we've watched, but, like, obviously we would both, I would assume, put some... Yeah. Other, like, I, like I gave Godless a very high score. I think, like, League of Gentlemen would be really high as well. I mean, League of Gentlemen is, but as in, it's, is as, high, yeah. You no, know, it's super high, but as in, I think it would be a more diverse top three, mm. rather than it being like, here are a lot of people in an institution, and they all talk, like, yeah, they know how it's, to it's very character-driven. Like, character-driven, police procedural slash, police like, politics, pr politics yeah. procedural kind of thing. And then, and then also with the films, I think they are three character-driven pieces. 
I, I, I unashamedly admit I like character. Yeah, I also. I don't think like let the right one know. I think I think it's all about that central relationship. Yeah, but to me, I only gave it more points because it was beautiful. Yeah, I think also there. If I the, don't actually yeah. like a film, but I think I appreciate it, it's usually just because I thought it was pretty, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> and the aesthetics yeah. are lovely. And I think the bottom of the leaderboard has not changed again. We're we're still where we are. Yeah, might as well not repeat it. Might as well not repeat it. it. Yeah. You've listened to it. Let's repeat these films and TV enough at this point. So on to next week. Yay! It's good. Yeah. Episode 12. Episode 12. Yes. Who thought we'd get this far? No one. No one. Is anyone still listening? Possibly our parents. Echo. 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 Hello. 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 Anyway, episode 12. Episode 12. Do you want to go first? Okay. Um, we both really enjoy Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. R.I.P. Uh, so sad that it's over. Yeah, but I think it had a really satisfying ending. Yeah, it did. Well done, but yeah. also... Um, so I thought let's go with another female driven musical comedy series yay so I would like you to watch the first episode of Garfunkel and Oates who you might have heard of them I've seen a picture of them yeah and you might you might have heard they both look like those quirky girls who America does so well yeah but they slightly annoy me already yeah but they have I think some really funny songs I think one of the their most famous is The Loophole which is um, has the classic and evergreen line fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus Oh, they did that. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Okay. So, it, the series, it's More about, interesting um, And I think the song's really funny. They have some great ones like Pregnant Women Are Smug, uh, Frozen Lullaby about in future fertilisation. This sounds great. I'm already more into this. Great. Yay. Yay. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to that. My TV is going to be another police procedural, but it's like such on a different level. It's from trashy, the it? It's so trashy. I love it. It's called Death in Paradise. Um, it's about... An English cop who goes to the Caribbean and um, he has to work there. And it starts off with Ben Stiller being the English cop, but to be perfectly honest, if you can't find the first episode, watch any episode, they're all the same. Okay. Um, and they go through different police inspectors as the series goes on, and like actors are like, I've been loving this holiday in the Caribbean that I get every year, but also I have other things to do with my life now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Ben's not Ben Stiller, sorry, Ben Miller. Yeah. There's Ben Miller. At the moment, it's Ardell O'Hanlon from okay. Father's Head, who I love. <laughs> Weird. Google. Yeah, I know. But it's like a comedy role. It's very yeah, much yeah. like... The funniest thing about this show is like, we're in this like gorgeous location. And every episode is different. So you can never get too attached to like... I mean, some drama has been having recently that's like more sad. Yeah. But most of the time, you can't get attached to anyone really. Um, and then the, you know that the main four are going to be fine. Oh, great. And all of this, like, it would be like, she's been murdered. And then the background would be like, do, 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 do. And it's like got oh, cam- it's, Caribbean it's, it's music kind of in the background. Poor like, midwife yeah. campy. Yeah, it's very campy. And then at the end, like, they'll arrest them for, like, mass murder. And then they'll be like, so I think that's cocktails at mine on the beach. And then they all go to the what? beach and they're like, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what you'll be watching. Okay. Um... I'm sceptical whether I'm going to enjoy it, but we'll see. I, think, I would recommend, I, I would it. really recommend watching it casually. You can have something else yeah. with you, like as in... While I'm doing more washing or something. Do washing, enjoy the ride. If you don't follow the murder plot line, it literally doesn't matter. It's yeah. about like, it, again, it's about the four main characters and like, are you enjoying watching It's like called the midwife isn't really about birth. It's about the main I'm people and the, the, the nun shenanigans. That sounds good. It's, it's kind of terrible, but also really fun. Excellent. So films for next time. 
Next time, clever. Woohoo! Fortnight schedule. Ooh, yay! Um, so I would like you to watch um, a documentary. It's on Netflix. Cool. Um, like documentaries? It, like Netflix? Ish, although it's destroying the TV and film industry in many ways, I would say. Yeah. So this is a documentary that got a lot of buzz around Oscar seasons a few years ago. Mm -hmm. It's directed by Ava DuVernay. Cool, love did her. Selma. And what else? Something else. Something big. else big. Wrinkle uh, oh, in Time. Wrinkle in Time, yes. Um, and it's called 13th. Ooh, 13 is my lucky number. So yeah. That's exciting. It's, it's, it's not the cheeriest watch. It's about racial injustice and mass incarceration. So not like Friday the 13th, but like... Real life horror. Kind of, yeah. Hype. Okay. It's gonna be. It sounds I think, incredibly depressing, but I. Yeah, it's it. not a happy watch, but it's it's very interesting, and I think it's very timely as well. Cool. Cool. Okay, I'm instead gonna make you watch Fire, the Greatest Party. I've heard so which much. Which is on Netflix. And it's came out this year, and it's got so many. I would watch this with someone as well. Okay. If you can, you don't need to, but it's there's so many weird things that happen that you just want to turn to someone and be like. What the fuck? You're like, how? Sorry, I just tapped him on the knee. That's how excited I am about yeah. this. It's like the kind of thing you're like, how did this? It's a documentary about Fire Festival, in case you haven't heard of it. It was where loads of people paid loads of money, I'm talking colossal amounts of yeah. money, to go to a festival supposedly on like an amazing island somewhere that all yeah. models were going to be at. And then it, when they got there, they ended up staying in like refugee tents and like no music played. No food. No food for like a week or mm. something and they can okay. get off the island because there's only limited amounts of flights and it's about how that happened and how the organiser did it so it's kind of about fraud and about like how people persuade people about stuff and like sociopaths and stuff like kind of a bit like that okay it's also about how a lot of people followed a guy who they kind of now claim knew was a bit dodgy ah. but like you're like you clearly you, I mean, you clearly yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's about like how the power of persuasion and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Also about like social media advertising, how misleading that can be, which is really interesting. All of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's genuinely like amazing. And there's this moment you need to like message me when you're watching it because you will literally. It's just incredible. It's like one of the guys admits what he he was about to do to save Fire Festival. Oh God! And you're like, what have I just seen? Okay, I'll leave you with that tantalising taster. A little tidbit. A little tidbit. So that has been us for the week. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Don't Make Me Watch. You can find us on Instagram at Please Don't Make Me Watch. And subscribe to iTunes or Podbean or other purveyors of fine podcastery. Indeed, but those are the two main ones, basically. Let us know what you thought. Yeah, if you have any requests, please like. Either message us, email us at please don't make me watch at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, on that note, we'll see you in two weeks' time. See you in Bye. two weeks' time. Bye! Bye.